Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Vanessa, I'm going to be reading today's scripture. It's Acts 10, verses 44 through 48. While Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and exalting God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people? who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then invited him to stay then they invited him to stay for several days. The word of God for the people of God. Hi there. I'm Kelly Harrison and I'm a lay chaplain here. When I was in elementary school, I got a Mr. Microphone for Christmas. Does anyone remember this device? A Mr. Microphone allowed you to talk or sing into it and plug it into an AM-FM radio. Once you plugged it in, you could broadcast through the radio. You could hear yourself, and anyone close enough to you could also pick it up if they happened upon that frequency. Most kids used it to sing. The commercials showed kids singing. I used mine to preach my first sermon. That first sermon I preached was on John 3.16 because it was the only Bible verse I had memorized. I had learned it at Bible camp at my aunt's church. For those who weren't made to memorize this verse, it begins, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In this verse, eternal life is promised to believers because of how much God loves the world. I preached a very impassioned sermon about God's love on my Mr. Microphone. It felt good to tell anyone who might be listening that God loved them, though chances are no one was listening. (laughs) Although this is a different sermon than I preach today, it is similar. I knew then, with the faith of a child, that God loved each and every person. Today's sermon topic is evangelism. Who is it for? My answer remains, everyone. Who needs to hear that God loves them? You, your neighbor, your enemy, everyone. This is the same good news Peter and the other disciples were desperately trying to spread when we find them in today's scripture reading from the book of Acts. Jesus has died and been resurrected, and the disciples have experienced the Holy Spirit descending upon them and inspiring them to tell the world about Jesus. But despite the universal nature of Jesus' love, we see Peter coming up against assumptions that this love is not really for everyone. The Jewish Christians are amazed that the Holy Spirit would come upon those who were Gentiles or non-Jews. But God had been preparing Peter's heart through visions and through a meeting with a Gentile man named Cornelius. Peter was ready to immediately baptize the new Gentile Christians into the community. He was willing to talk to anyone who would listen because his message was for everyone. 
This is what is truly amazing about this gospel message. That's what is amazing about the communion table we share here each week. This is why we strive to be inclusive. But what does it mean to be inclusive? I think to a certain degree, to say what it means to be inclusive, you must think about who has been excluded historically as well as today. We have an obligation to ask that question. In today's scripture, the Gentiles who were non-Jews had been excluded. In our urban urban village church community, we have many individuals who have been excluded from other churches. This is one of the reasons we emphasize LGBTQ inclusion so much. This is why I oppose any church document that denies the right of a person to be a minister based solely on their sexual orientation, even if that church is the United Methodist Church and the document is its book of discipline. I personally left the Roman Catholic Church over their views on LGBTQ persons and was unchurched for 20 years until I found Urban Village Church. 20 years alone. I do feel fully included here at UVC, and I'm very grateful for that. I need community. And specifically, I need church community to help me heal the wounds inflicted by another church community. Communal wounds require communal healing. We must also look at the history of racism and of racial segregation in the American church. This is a place of exclusion and division. One example of this is that during the time of slavery in the U.S., there was a controversy over whether or not to baptize slaves. Slaveholders wanted to evangelize slaves, but not to the point of freedom and equality. This is what evangelism that doesn't truly welcome all looks like. African-American slaves were not considered fully human and were not fully welcomed into the body of Christ in many white denominations. Some even said blacks didn't have souls. There was a resistance movement to this dehumanizing injustice. African-Americans started their own churches where they were treated with dignity and welcomed fully into community. However, even here there was a struggle for full inclusion for women. Does anyone know the name Jarena Lee? She was an extraordinary woman. Jarena Lee was a free-born African-American woman born in 1783. Her family was poor, and she was hired out as a domestic servant at the age of seven. She is known because she became the first authorized African-American female preacher in the United States. After converting to Christianity, Jarena heard God's voice calling her to preach the gospel. She writes in her autobiography, But to my utter surprise... There seemed to sound a voice which I thought I distinctly heard, and most certainly understand, which said to me, Go, preach the gospel. I immediately replied aloud, No one will believe me. Again I listened, and again the same voice seemed to say, Preach the gospel. I will put words in your mouth and will turn your enemies to become your friends. However, when she sought permission to preach in the church, the bishop and founder of the African Methodist Episcopal Church told her that he would not commission a woman to preach. He told her it was not allowed according to the Book of Discipline. Jarena dared ask, if the man may preach because the Savior died for him, why not the woman, seeing he died for her also? Is he not a whole Savior instead of half a one? The bishop would not budge, but God continued to call Jarena. One day, as Jarena attended a church service, the minister stopped in the middle of his sermon and could not continue. Now, that's a nightmare. The sermon was from the book of Jonah, and the topic was, Salvation is of the Lord. 
Jarena quickly jumped up and preached for the duration of the sermon. She preached that she was like Jonah, who had been called by God to preach to those in a town called Nineveh. It was just where Jonah hoped to never go. Nineveh was the town the Israelites hated. They thought of them not only as rivals, but as great sinners. So Jonah decided not to go to Nineveh. He said he would go anywhere else. That's when he was swallowed by a giant fish. He repented and went to Nineveh. Jerina recounts, I told them I was like Jonah, for it had been then nearly eight years since the Lord had called me to preach his gospel to the fallen sons and daughters of Adam's race, but that I had lingered like him and delayed to go at the bidding of the Lord and warn those who are as deeply guilty as were the people of Nineveh. Jerina laid out her sermon and then sat down. She was terrified that she would be kicked out of the church for daring to break decorum. Remember, women were not allowed to preach, and Jerina had been told this in no uncertain terms by the bishop. Now Jerina expected punishment. Instead, the bishop rose up from within the congregation and authorized her to preach the gospel right there on the spot. Now that's a Holy Spirit moment. She became a traveling preacher, preaching to women and men and to blacks and whites. In one year alone, she preached 178 sermons and traveled 2,325 miles. She wrote an autobiography called The Life and Religious Experiences of Jerina Lee and was also involved in abolitionist work. She struggled for a time with suicidal thoughts and fears that she was too wretched to be saved. Eventually, God had assured her of her salvation and these thoughts subsided. Jerina herself needed to hear that gospel message that she was beloved of God and saved by Christ no matter what. But we must ask, who are the Jerinas in our midst? Who might we want to exclude? We can be sure that is exactly who we are called to welcome. I think that part of the reason this story resonates so well with me is because I have felt excluded from church spaces and church leadership as a lesbian Christian and as a woman. Even when my mother revealed to me that God told her I was called to be a minister, I immediately thought to myself, I can't because I'm gay. Because of how I was raised as a Catholic, I believed I was not fully welcome in the church. I, like Jarena, feared rejection. As some of you know, I've now completed two years of a three-year Masters of Divinity program at Chicago Theological Seminary. I'm currently taking a break from seminary as I learn to form a trusting relationship with the church. I am healing, I am growing, but at the end of the day, there is a part of me that needs to hear Jarena's message right deep in my heart. Jarena reminds us that God calls everyone. God calls those who are on the margins even those who are specifically and purposefully excluded. The Holy Spirit moves right through all the walls we can build. As Peter says just prior to today's verse, in truth, I see that God shows no partiality. Can that be said truly of us? That's what we must strive for. That is how we must, must treat our siblings. The gospel message is radical because it breaks down all barriers. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is called to participate in love and in justice and creating a new kingdom on earth. There are no gatekeepers needed because the doors of welcome are flung wide open. We want everyone to participate in salvation and in justice work and in building the kingdom of God. But how do we evangelize? Are there right and wrong ways to evangelize? I think there are. 
colonialism has been one way that Christians have evangelized. So, big fancy word, what is colonialism? One definition is that colonialism is the policy or practice of acquiring full or partial political control over another country, occupying it with settlers, and exploiting it economically. It usually also involves trying to change or eradicate the culture, religion, and language of the people being controlled. It results in devastation, but is also immoral. It is sin. Injustice always goes against the commandment to love one another. It goes against justice work and therefore against God's reign. How do we avoid this type of evangelizing? Indeed, how do we avoid all harmful forms of evangelizing? We must practice radical, all-inclusive love. Love that includes justice. Love that demands equality for all people. We must respect other people's beliefs and other people's journeys. The 13th century monk Thomas Aquinas said that love is actively willing the good of the other. In other words, not only do you want good things for them, but you do it in an active way. You don't just hope for it, you take action. We must actively fight against racism, homophobia, ableism, sexism, and all forms of oppression. That is part of the gospel message. That is part of the commandment to love. Unless we do evangelism with love, we are likely to do more harm than good. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said that it is not enough for us to talk about love. There is another side called justice. And justice is love in calculation. Justice is love working against anything that stands against love. Standing beside love is always justice. We must remember also that evangelism is not just the words that we say, but also the way that we live our lives. For example, it is evangelism rooted in love when we feed the hungry. It is evangelism rooted in love when we work for an end to systems of oppressive power or discriminatory practices. It is love of God's creation and is evangelism when we work to clean up a river. Because we are not just receivers of the good news, we are called to be the good news. We are not just receivers of the gift of radical love, but we are called to embody this radical love as best we can. I challenge you to live this week focused on radical love. Think about receiving it. Think about embodying it. Think about how badly the world needs it. Think about how radical love has shaped your life and how radical love could shape this world. Ask God to increase your love and be prepared for radical change in your life. Thank you. Good morning. Um, my name is Taylor. I'm one of the student pastor intern folks here at Urban Village Church. Um, thank you again, Kelly, for that sermon. Um, moving, challenging, keeping us going forward. Um, this is the time in the service where we receive our offerings. I'm going to ask the folks with the baskets to go ahead and come on down. Um, if this is your first time here, there's absolutely no compulsion to give. We would just love for you to fill out that tear-off sheet. Put that in the basket so we can get in touch with you later on in the week. Um, if you've been coming here for a while, we do ask you uh, prayerfully consider supporting the work of Urban Village Church with your finances, with your prayers. Um, 
with your lives in whatever way you can. expressions of this radical love, this radical welcome um, that we have in our Christian faith is the communion table. Um, And this table here at Urban Village, if if you haven't caught on by now, it's open to everyone. Um, No matter what your church background is, no matter what your age, race, gender, sexual orientation, ability, um, all who are curious all who are hungry, all who desire an encounter with God are welcome to this table. Um, And we come here remembering that Jesus set up his table in the oddest of places. Um, That was one of the things that Jesus got in trouble for most during his ministry was actually who he ate with. And to me, it's so beautiful to see, like Kelly said, that there are a lot of us in this room who have experienced different levels of, uh, of rejection, of abandonment, of difficulty with church, and that Jesus calls us here together today to say that we are all welcome. Um, Kelly also touched on this theme of salvation, and uh, when I was thinking about communion this week, I came across this poem um, about salvation and about how God uses these different means to bring about salvation in our lives. So I'm going to go ahead and and share it with you. It's by Chris Green. He's a a Pentecostal who loves liturgical Christianity, so he's a little bit of everywhere. Um, God saves us, if we are saved at all, by only the queerest of means, water and oil, wine and bread, words in the dark, silence, a kiss. God saves us divinely. God saves us, if in fact he does anything, by no means at all. This street, this stranger, clutching this I need money sign, God saves us humanly. God saves us, if saves is what you call it, by any means necessary. Plenty or lack, height or depth, beauty or ashes, life or death, God saves us finally. And so wherever wherever you find yourself in that scope of the journey of salvation, plenty or lack, beauty or ashes, uh, we come here together to receive a moment of grace. We remember that um, on the night that Jesus knew he was going to be betrayed, he gathered his friends together and he took the bread and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, in the same way, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of grace, of salvation. This is my blood poured out for you. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us, on these gifts, on the people gathered here today. um, That in remembering your story, your journey with us, your life of radical welcome. We may be moved to become one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry with all the world. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this time, this space, 
this opportunity to gather the ways that you've met us on the journey and continue to inspire us moving forward. Um, we thank you for the life of Jesus, the witness to the power of radical love. Um, and we pray together in the languages of our hearts and the languages we desire to learn um, in whatever language feels comfortable and familiar to us this morning. We pray together the prayer that, that Jesus taught us to pray. Our mother and father in heaven, y'all pray with me. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory.